wholesome, fun, full circle. These are all words you can use to describe the Red Sox Dodgers series over the weekend as it was one big family reunion with multiple players returning from both teams. You are locked on Red Sox, your daily Boston Red Sox podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Red Sox, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gabby Hurlbut, former ESPN social media associate and current host of the Boston Balling Podcast, here to bring you the latest in all things Boston Red Sox, Monday through Friday, straight to your favorite podcast feed for free. Don't forget, you can also get the home broadcast of every Red Sox game straight to your ears with the SiriusXM app. Just download the app, search Red Sox, and the Red Sox broadcast for every game will be there so you don't have to miss a single pitch. And I would not have wanted to miss a single pitch of this Red Sox-Dodgers family reunion series that took place over the weekend. Lots to digest from that series emotionally, but also performance-wise. How did the Red Sox look in the series? What can we take away from it? Diving into all of that today, as well as picking up some observations on an outfielder that recently got his shot with the Red Sox. So lots to talk about on the show today. Mixed emotions on this fine Monday. The Red Sox did drop two of three against the Dodgers over the weekend. I was not expecting a whole lot in this series from the Red Sox. I've preached over and over again that they are so inconsistent this year. Sometimes they play really good baseball against good teams. Sometimes they play really bad baseball against bad teams. This weekend, they played decent baseball against a very, very good baseball team. Overall, in the three games, just from watching the two teams compete, there is a difference in where the Red Sox are at and where the Dodgers are at. And when you see those two teams head to head is when you really notice that gap that exists between the two teams. The Red Sox are in a place where they're currently trying to formulate what their future is going to look like, get a group of players together who they can mold into the core of the team for the future, as well as continuing to develop their farm system. The Dodgers have a fantastic farm system with great prospects in it. And because of that and them having all of that in place, they're able to spend money in big places at the big league level. And as a result, you know, Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman being their one-two punch at the top of the lineup is almost unfair. Those two players are just unbelievable, both having fantastic seasons. Mookie's having an MVP caliber season this year to lead off for the Dodgers. Freddie Freeman also having a good season. And you know that for the most part, those two players are going to find a way to get on base. And not to mention the other challenging hitters they have in their lineup, like Max Muncy um, and Chris Taylor here and there. He hasn't been having the best overall season. 
that we're used to seeing from him, but you know that he can still make things happen offensively for the Dodgers. And Miguel Rojas also is good. It's a tough lineup to pitch to. The Red Sox found in this series that they were pesky, like I expected them to be. But overall, you know, a lot of players here returning to Fenway that are currently in a Dodgers uniform, Red Sox players who used to be in a Dodgers uniform. So a lot of people coming together in this series, and it really starts with the managers. Alex Cora and Dave Roberts just have a lot of respect for each other. It, it's obvious they used to play together as teammates, and now they come together to manage the two separate teams. That alone is pretty wholesome. The series really portrays just the two of them evolving into what they are as managers after playing together on the baseball field. So that's really special. And then it obviously trickles down to the players after that. And from a player standpoint, there were multiple players who are part of this reunion here, particularly a Red Sox fan favorite this year, Justin Turner, who's really developed into a key asset to the Red Sox. In the series on Friday, he went 0 for 5, but Saturday he went 3 for 4 with a home run and a double. And on Sunday, he went 1 for 2 with a home run and also had a walk and hit by pitch. He is just so pesky, such a disciplined hitter, and opposing pitchers really do not want to face him. And when he was with the Dodgers, he was very productive too, but he's just been a serious clubhouse leader for the Red Sox this year, and I'm so lucky to have him on my favorite baseball team. And for Dodgers fans, on Sunday, there was the opportunity for him to come up in the bottom of the ninth inning and represent the tying run. And I'm sure that Dodgers fans wanted nothing to do with that because of just his ability to hit timely and in those situations when you need somebody to come up and be clutch. He's been that guy multiple times this year. So if I'm a Dodgers fan, I don't want to risk seeing Turner in the bottom of the ninth inning with the chance to tie the game. Mookie Betts, we all know and love him. He got a very warm welcome at Fenway all three days of the series, which I thought was awesome. On Friday, he went two for four, Saturday, three for six, and Sunday, three for five with a home run. He's batting about 350 this season, which is absolutely nuts. He's been the mold to the Dodgers lineup and in the leadoff spot. That's where he excels for them. And it pains me to see him, you know, do so well and hit so well at Fenway because I miss those times when he was doing that in a Red Sox uniform. But I know he has a lot of respect for Boston and the Red Sox fan base. So it was cool to see the Fenway faithful give him this love and this standing ovation that they gave him when he came back. I'm a huge Mookie fan and I, you know, hope nothing but the best for him. So he was just a key player in that 2018 World Series run and helped the Dodgers win the World Series two years later in 2020. So very special, good series at the plate for Mookie. He just is a -a one-of-a-kind player, and I can't say enough about that. Somebody that the Red Sox traded for when they did let go of Mookie was Alex Verdugo. 
this kid was on a tear. I mean, starting with the last game in Houston, hit a leadoff home run in three straight games. So that would be Thursday against the Astros and then both on Friday and Saturday in this series against the Dodgers, a leadoff home run. And when asked about it on Friday after he hit the home run, he said, you always want to play well against the team that traded you. And he was locked in and in the zone for that home run on Friday night. And then he continued it again into Saturday. He went three for five on Friday night. So he was definitely feeling that energy, wanting to show up and perform against his former team and then proceeded to go one for five on Saturday um, because of that home run. So he was trying to show his power. There's obviously a special kind of energy when you play against a team that let you go. And for Verdugo to be able to come in and show off the way that he did and just be able to develop that confidence of saying, Hey, like I'm still here and I'm excelling in a different organization. I thought was pretty cool to see. So I enjoyed that. He seems to be overall massively breaking out of the slump he was in because for a while he was significantly struggling. Now he's doing a little bit better and performing better at the plate. So hopefully that can continue for the rest of the season. Coming up, I'm going to be going over just some more players who were involved really in this Fenway family reunion, as I like to call it, and just dissect what really went wrong for the Red Sox in two of those three games. Don't forget, you can check out the home broadcast of every Red Sox game on the SiriusXM app. Just download the app and search Red Sox and you will find the broadcast so you don't have to miss a single pitch. Are you ever in a pinch financially, whether that's struggling to pay rent or having to owe a friend some money for a really big expense and not having the money at the time to pay that person? Dave has you covered. Dave is the banking app that's leveling the financial playing field. When you download Dave, you could get up to $500 in five minutes or less. No credit check, no late fees. It's part of Dave's extra cash account. Advance the money you need with no interest and then settle up later. Download Dave today at dave.com slash MLB. That's dave.com slash MLB. You could get up to $500 in five minutes or less. No credit check, no late fees. Download the Dave app now or go to dave.com slash MLB. For terms and conditions, go to dave.com slash legal. Eligibility criteria on instant transfer fees apply. Banking services provided by Evolve. Member FDIC. Dave is great. It really can help you when it comes to your financial situation. We all go through periods in our life where we are a bit lower on money than we want to be. So they absolutely will hook you up with anything financial that you feel like you need help with. So the Red Sox and Dodgers obviously had a very family-like reunion series over the weekend. It was exciting to watch, even though the Red Sox lost two of three games, their offense did show up for a lot of the series and they were putting up some runs. I mean, the scores were seven to four on Friday and Sunday in Red Sox losses. And then they won eight to five on Saturday. So it's not like they weren't hitting. 
they just were relying very heavily on the home run ball in the whole series. And I said the Dodgers pitching is very competitive. One of the ways that the Red Sox could beat them is through the home run ball. I had had this conversation with one of my friends before the series started. And what do you know? They hit a lot of home runs in the series. And that was how they primarily scored a lot of their runs. Three home runs in Sunday's game, one from Tristan Casas, one from Justin Turner, and one from Adam Duvall, who absolutely has been mashing. He crushed a three-run homer in Saturday's game. So the Red Sox offense were used to seeing string together a lot of hits and make pitchers work. And even if they're not getting a hit in there at bat, they're running up pitch counts. The Dodgers pitchers were very effective in the series with opening the door and then shutting it and not really leaving a lot of room for error. So how the Red Sox responded was to primarily go for the home run ball because that was the situation that they were in. So the way they executed it, that's how they had to put up runs in this series. We know it's uncharacteristic of the Red Sox offense. I find it to be a huge strength of theirs that they don't rely too heavily on the home run ball in general. And they have a lot of hitters who can make things happen and do different things. So I admire that about the Red Sox offense, but the Dodgers pitching is absolutely phenomenal. It's one of the reasons why they're they're running away with the NL West right now. Their pitchers don't leave a lot of room for error and they can make a mistake or two in games, but for the most part, they're going to have their command of the mound. So being able to string together a lot of hits and score runs is just not something that happens very often against them. So the Red Sox used that to just bring their power bats and that's what they did. And they hit a lot of home runs in the series overall, but somebody who did not hit a lot of home runs or find success in the series was Kike Hernandez, the man the Red Sox got rid of prior to the trade deadline this year and acquired two pitchers from the Dodgers in return. On Friday, he went one for five. He did drive in a run, but then on Saturday proceeded to go 0 for five and wasn't in the lineup on Sunday. It's good to know that Kike really can't hit at Fenway still. He went back to the Dodgers and was on a tear and was hitting well when he returned to LA this year. But coming back to Fenway this weekend, he looked like the same old Kike that we've seen all season. So it's good to know that the Red Sox traded him knowing that he was going to not be able to hit at Fenway in general, because obviously he can't figure it out here. He still looked lost at the plate in all of those at-bats between Friday and Saturday. So he just doesn't feel confident when he hits at Fenway, and maybe it's different for him in LA, and obviously he's familiar with it. He's been there before. So maybe it's the atmosphere there, and it makes it different for him. But he was lost. So I feel even more validated now that the Red Sox made the absolute right move by trading Kike because he just looked lost in the series. Another player who was part of the Mookie Betts deal that played in the series is Connor Wong. He has overall been a great defensive catcher this year, but man, has he made some blunders. Friday night, he came in to pinch run for Reese McGuire and made an absolutely costly mistake that ultimately lost the Red Sox the game. They had a golden opportunity in the eighth inning 
Verdugo got a base hit to load the bases. And on that hit, Casas decided to stay put at third base because the ball was hit right to Mookie and you don't want to run on Mookie. That's just dumb, as we as Red Sox fans know. So Casas made the right choice by staying at third. But Connor Wong was at second and didn't even bother to look up and see where the ball went. He had his head down the whole time, decided to leave second base and start running towards third and got caught in a rundown and ultimately got tagged for the last out of the inning. And I was appalled, appalled. It would have been bases loaded with Devers up in the bottom of the eighth inning. What does Devers do? Single in the t- in the bottom of the ninth inning to start the inning. You can't make this up. I mean, it was ridiculous. It would have tied the game most likely, you know, had Devers gotten that same hit, but one half inning earlier in the bottom of the eighth instead. Connor Wong didn't give us the chance to do that because he made a costly base running mistake. Back to the fundamentals. The Dodgers don't make those kinds of mistakes. They are a professional baseball team, and all around they look like a professional team. And it just is what it is. They they just don't make those kinds of mistakes. And when the Red Sox do, it makes them look foolish against a team like that. Friday night, to me, felt like a game the Red Sox very much could have won, and they got themselves back in it only to kick themselves in the dirt again. And for who knows how many times we've seen this this year. Too many. So I was very angry with Connor Wong and that decision that he made because that was just not a smart base running play at all. And ultimately, the Red Sox lost the game after that. Saturday and Sunday, he went one for three. Strung together a hit in both of those games. He hits. I mean, he's come a long way at the plate this year. I will give him that. He's played a lot of games without complaining about it. And he's really pulled a lot of the workload when Reese McGuire was on the injured list. So I give him props for that. And it allowed him to grow a lot more offensively. So props to Wong for that. But that base running mistake from Friday really set the tone for the series to me. And I'm glad the Red Sox were able to bounce back and win on Saturday. But the fact that they lost on Sunday makes that look even worse because imagine if they had tied the game in the eighth inning. I mean, you don't know what happens after that. They could have won the game and we'll never know, but it's just one of those things again, where the Red Sox continue to beat themselves and bite themselves in the foot when they have so much more potential than to do that. I don't know how you don't even look. I could go off on that for so long because I was annoyed, but Connor Wong overall decent showing in the series. Kenley Jansen was unavailable for the whole series due to hamstring tightness, which is a bummer. I was hoping that he'd have a chance to pitch against his former team. He had said that he thought he was going to be a Dodger for life. So it would have been full circle for him to be able to pitch against them. Other people that are injured, Joe Kelly and JD Martinez, both, as you know, big assets to the Red Sox, you know, especially in their World Series run. So those two guys, it was a bummer not to be able to see them in the series, but they both have Red Sox roots as well. And then Ryan Brazier is the other notable player who should be talked about here because what happened? The Dodgers fixed him, it appears. 
he came in in the eighth inning in relief of Gavin Stone, who gave up back-to-back homers in the inning. And so Ryan Brazier comes in and just no problem, gets the Red Sox in order, one, two, three. Casas struck out, Story struck out, and then Reyes grounded out. I mean, what did they do to fix him? He has an ERA under one with the Dodgers this year. He's pitching very well. The Dodgers announcers were going off about how he's a great bridge guy to the Dodgers closer. And even on Sunday in the ninth inning, Evan Phillips came in to close out the game. And they were saying, what a great guy to be the bridge to him. Brazier's been so confident here and he's pitched very, very well. He's given up one earned run um, like over his last eight outings or, or something crazy like that. How how'd they fix him? I mean, I don't understand. He was so bad in Boston, and now he's just nails with the Dodgers. I want to know their recipe and how to fix these guys because I'd like the Red Sox to take note of that. Doesn't make sense to me, but good for him having a good outing against his former team. So lots and lots of players that came together this weekend that had previously played on the other team. I wish the series had turned out differently, but again, at the end of the day, it just shows that right now the Dodgers are a step ahead of the Red Sox and the Red Sox can get there. They just are missing a huge piece, especially in starting pitching and they could get another bat to help out too, but they're right there. They're close. They're just not quite at the Dodgers level yet. And ultimately I believe that's what the series came down to. Coming up, I'm going to be talking about an outfielder who recently got his opportunity with the Red Sox kind of by chance and by accident, but he's performed since coming. So I'm going to be talking about that next. Do you love fantasy baseball? I know I do. You can swing for the fences with the sleeper fantasy app. Do you want the chance to win more money with less picks? Head to Sleeper, the number one sports app where you can win up to 100 times your money on just two or more fantasy baseball picks. It's pretty simple. All you have to do is pick two or more players that you like, and then you can select some of their stats, like how many home runs will they hit tonight over under one and a half, or how many strikeouts will they record? And then you can be selective on what you want to pick, and as long as you get your picks right, you can win a lot of money. Really, 100 times your money is 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 good money. Use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Currently operational in over 30 states. Check out Sleeper today. Absolutely check them out. It's the best source for fantasy baseball. I promise you, you won't want to log off the app. It's so addicting. Don't forget as well, you can download the SiriusXM app and search Red Sox, and you can find the broadcast for every Red Sox game. They kick off a series against the Astros tonight at home. So if you need to listen to the game and are unable to watch it, just download the SiriusXM app and search Red Sox, and they have you covered. William Abreu made his Red Sox debut last week. He had been called up, but wasn't supposed to be in the lineup the day that he ended up coming into the game, which is when Alex Verdugo got tossed in a game against the Astros. 
So Abreu came in and got to make his MLB debut, which is very exciting. And just a refresher, he was brought over in 2022 when the Red Sox traded Christian Vasquez to the Astros. William Abreu was one of the prospects that was brought over to Boston in that deal. And he's absolutely mashed since being here. He's taken impressive at-bats. He has a 462 average since being, since being called up with six hits, one home run, and five RBIs. He also has a 533 on-base percentage. I'd like to see more at-bats from him. He's only taken 13 at-bats, so it's still a relatively small sample size, and he still has growth to do. But so far, he's showing that he has the ability to take very impressive at-bats. He has a strong arm, too. He made a nice throw from the outfield on Sunday in the game. The Red Sox were unable to get the out because the ball did bounce in front of Urias, so he couldn't tag the runner in time. But he has the arm and the location to be able to throw runners out from the outfield, which is a huge step in the development of an outfielder. So that's definitely exciting to see. One thing I like about him is his plate approach. He's not afraid to be aggressive and go for it. He hits lots of flyouts, so he does hit for power, and he doesn't strike out much because he's not afraid about the idea of striking out, so he's not passive at the plate. He'll swing, and he'll take strong at-bats, and then what happens as a result happens, but I love that he's willing to take that risk and is it afraid to really go for it? And I'm wondering what this all means for Verdugo's job security with the Boston Red Sox. I previously hosted an episode where I explained why I feel like it makes sense for the Red Sox to trade Alex Verdugo in this upcoming offseason. If Abreu continues to play the way that he is, then I absolutely think that makes sense. I don't think there's any other reason why you should keep Verdugo. That's not to say, you know, Verdugo hasn't been good with the Red Sox because absolutely he's done a lot for this Red Sox team, but they're focusing on now who's going to be a good long-term option. With Duran being on the IL right now, Abreu is really getting a lot more reps in. And for him to be able to get the reps that he's getting and showcase his confidence that he already has I see him making even bigger progressions and taking bigger steps as he continues to move forward in his Red Sox career. The other thing with Alex Verdugo is you do have to wonder what goes on with his attitude and everything in the clubhouse. Is he toxic when Cora benches him? Is that just because the two of them butt heads and he doesn't agree on some of the things that Verdugo does? Or is he truly just a toxic personality to have in the locker room. If that's the case, then why would the Red Sox want him to stick around? Because you want positive clubhouse vibes always. That's such an important aspect of a baseball team. And if he's not bringing the clubhouse vibes up, then why should he stay here? So Verdugo's future is definitely in jeopardy. I feel like it was before, but I feel like it's even more in jeopardy now because Abreu is starting to show just glimpses of how much he can really do. And the fact that they 
you know, acquired him in that trade for a reason. The Red Sox saw something in Abreu that they felt like could work in their organization. And when they're thinking about the longer-term vision of this team, who makes sense to have in the outfield longer term? Ask yourself that question. When I ask myself that question, my answer is Abreu. So if he continues to play really well, which I hope and expect that he will, and he continues to take chances and just come across really confident, he's going to do big things in his career. And as Red Sox fans, I hope you're excited to watch him because I expect him to make even further, further milestones and reach just new heights as he continues his progression here. But what does that mean for Alex Verdugo? Guess the 2024 offseason will tell us. So go Red Sox. Keep the faith. Let's beat Houston. And I will catch you on the flip side.